a big sip. Hey, 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 y'all. This is your host, Gabriela. We are back with another episode of The Big Sip. Oh, my goodness. Season two, 2022. So much going on. We can finally go out and do things. And trust me, there's plenty to talk about about what you can do, especially this upcoming month ahead of Juneteenth celebrations. It's going to be fantastic. Today, I am so excited because I'm here to talk with an incredible individual, proud Oakland native, Amina Robinson Briscoe, Chef Mimi. Maybe you've uh, most notably heard of her in that way. She is the founder of the Black Food and Wine Experience, which we'll definitely dive into and talk about. But also just through her own entrepreneurship, through her own LLC, she's created three distinct different brands, the Black and Food Wine Experience, as I shared, bringing it to the table, which is a culinary competition show highlighting specifically Black chefs. So uh, yes, to all of that. And then also Chef Mimi Catering, which is a boutique catering company that services the Bay Area. So lots to dive in, lots to digest. I mean, just reading your bio and uh, and everything that I found on your website, Chef Mimi, I was like, oh my gosh, how does she balance everything? <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Um, yes, yeah, so balancing, that is definitely been uh, an act. <laughs> <laughs> You know, as an entrepreneur, um, you know, I've, I've, I started this because I wanted to to create opportunities for um, myself and the community and also other other chefs of color. Um, I, uh, I, I I continue to, you know, try to find my space mm-hmm. and I, and try to find new things um, to do. And so I started with the catering company. Um, right out of culinary school, which is, you know, in, in 95, I'm, I'm dating myself. <laughs> and and, um, and I, I, I wanted to bring a different style of food, um, you know, into the into the industry and to tell my story through food. And so um, I uh, in 2016, I, I geared my business towards um, the tech industry because they already had initiatives to um to support you know black and brown businesses and so i said oh they have you know they're they were you know developing their ergs and looking for opportunity to work with other diverse entrepreneurs and so um that's you know how that came about and literally in 2016 it was just like an explosion of opportunity um you know here in the bay area has everything just kind of felt like it it all of a sudden was just like zero to a hundred Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> so we were on just a zero to the hundred, you know, super fast, everything, um, all the way up until, you know, the, 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 the COVID-19, uh, pandemic mm-hmm. issue in 2020. And then it was just like, boom, shut down and everything was just super silent and just kind of like, okay, what am I going to do? And yeah. so I already had some, um, other, you know, flames in the fire, um, sort of kind of brewing. And it gave me an opportunity to kind of rethink and re-strategize on what my purpose is and what I really want to do. I had already started doing, um, bringing it to the table. It was a concept that I had um, that I came up with in like 2006. I love that concept, just by the way. (laughs) Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. But when I read about all that, I was like, how did she do this? Like, uh, that sounds so exciting to me. And, uh, you know, it's partly why I love doing the big sip. Just it's a podcast, you know, a, a huge audio platform space to talk about incredible individuals like yourself that are carving out that space, not just for you, but for other people, because we don't see that. But it's not necessarily as easy as it is to just be like, I'm going to go do this, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you have to have, first of all, it's, it will snatch your soul. I mean, it, mm, oh my <laughs> <you> goodness, <know? laughs> 
it will snatch your soul because you really have to be dedicated to to the completion yeah. you know when you start something it, it's a great idea and it's like oh you know I want to do this and it sounds good and then you kind of get into it and then you're like oh I'm really into this and so it's really going to take you know everything that I have um to see this through and to make it be as excellent as possible um because you know we're all competing in the marketplace mm. and you definitely want to have a product that is going to speak to excellence you know and so yeah so you know bringing it to the table just was an idea where I you know I found you know some production folks and I found the kitchen and you know my husband and I we jumped in the car and just like look went up and knocked on the door of some of our partners and like hey we want to do this and you know would you be willing to come in and support us with product and you know and so that's how the show was born and um Leading in from that show led me to, you know, look at opportunities to shop the show um, with various production companies as well as networks. And at the time, um, it wasn't a lot of conversation around, like, diversity, like where we are now. Yeah. Um, and so we had a hard time, you know, getting the the, the concept into sort of the bigger um uh, networks and production houses. And so I was like, eh, let me just see, you know, if I could do this and um, on my own. And so I built out the show and uh, put it on a webcast. So um, major kudos to you. Yeah. Thank you. No, seriously, because I th- <laughs> think you bring up a good point. You know, earlier you talked about how you use the tech industry, which was investing a lot in diversity and you saw that. And so you immediately jumped on it. But historically speaking, I mean, we haven't seen a movement like this where people are really wanting to not only embrace diversity, but um, backing and supporting entrepreneurs, businesses, whatever that looks like, um, food concepts, um, you know, what you do with bringing it to the table, your entire culinary competition show. So so to hear you say that it was a little bit of a struggle to get some folks to kind of buy into the idea for for the lack of a better term what what other what specific challenges did you find that were kind of like in the way that people weren't necessarily absorbing Well the first um the first thing was is just the idea of um black chefs and the type of cuisine that is tied to our the culture here. Mm. And so we as a as a group, you know, we're super, you know, um our the, we represent the diaspora. And so when you look at the diaspora, you're looking at, you know, whether it's Afro-Cuban, whether it's, you know, Haitian, whether mm-hmm. it's African, you know, soul, you've got, you know, the Caribbean, you've got all these different flavor profiles and foods from across the world. Um, and so we wanted to display that. And I think what we ran up against was sort of this monolithic idea of, of face and, and product. It's like, okay, you're a black, you need to be making soul food. And so what that did, it, it doesn't give um, chefs of, uh, you know, that are black opportunity to showcase their skills. I mean, no one mm-hmm. should be, if you're a chef, you, you have food from across the world 100%. that you should be. Yeah. I mean, and so we've had like vegan chefs, we had African chefs, we had, you know, soul, we had, you know, New Orleans style, we had Caribbean style. So it's just, I think once they kind of got the idea of like, oh, this show isn't just the soul food. And they had a really hard time with, um, 
with with that and they wanted to keep us like in a box in a box and I, they yeah. always do that's <laughs> <laughs> it's really unfortunate I think I wasn't really wanting to bend because that wasn't what my purpose was right my purpose was really to celebrate our culture with within the beauty of it all all know? the intersectionalities and, yeah. thousand percent mm-hmm. and even even within food you know people I was so moved by your article that you wrote black girls don't eat avocados because I think I can relate to that on so many levels whether it's relating to food specifically health education sometimes it, you know it, it, you're pitted up against this wall where someone already has placed you in that box and kind of tells you because of the way that you look what you're supposed to represent and like and anything outside of that that kind of seems like they can't connect is all of a sudden like, what is this? You know, like you're confusing me or this isn't for you or, or whatever that is. Um, what I'm, I'm so excited to just hear about that you didn't bend and that you really wanted to showcase all of this incredible diaspora of of foods. And again, people's identities, uh, is that what you would say the crux of why you even originally spearheaded, even just chef Mimi LLC from the very start, because you were looking to carve out that space and did you think that it was going to grow into what it has right now yeah so that yeah so <laughs> i always <laughs> have a lot to there. Sit. yeah so it's just such loaded because it's like i have to always sit with the beginning and it's mm. like when i went to culinary school you know i'm looking around and i don't see anybody that represented who i was and not only just that just the overall you know the 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 culinary arts cuisine that's being presented is very Eurocentric and it's, and it's it, it is very um it excludes a lot of who I was mm-hmm. because I I wasn't when I got there you know to, to school it was like okay everything that I learned about food in my as I was growing up and the spices and you know the way that I ate it was like that was all discarded it was like nope butter salt pepper you know that's it. That's the flavoring and that's the the seasonings and maybe some wine. So it's like, okay, well, what about, you know, curry and, and coriander and peppers and spices that we all love, um, that the world loves? I mean, it's, it's indigenous to Indian and, 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 and Spanish and, you know, all of these cuisines mm-hmm. um, have the spices and the colors and all of these things that represent who we are. Um, and so I didn't see that in culinary school. So I really, really, I didn't really know because I was only like 18 years old. So I, I, I wasn't able to put this in the construct that, of understanding now. I just knew how I felt and I didn't feel. I was like, who am I in this space? How do I make a difference? And so there wasn't really like any mentors or people that um, mm. I could, you know, reach out to. Um, other than the, the the culinary instructors, and they were more, you know, white men, French, um, that had their own, you know, identity, and they were fine because this represented who they were. Right. Um. So moving into the story of um, why black girls don't eat avocado is like, you know, as a as a child, I would my parents were really health conscious, and um, is you know the seventy eighties, and so I'm I'm going to school with this really like ugly crackweed avocado sandwich with like sprouts hanging out the side and <laughs> it sounds delicious <laughs> to me personally <laughs> right right but at that time there wasn't like we were it wasn't the time that we're living in now no like thousand organic percent. everywhere and you know there's talks about you know organic farming and all that stuff now but back then there was this was not the story of our community and so mm-hmm. 
Um, I go to school with this crack weed avocado sandwich, and this girl, she looks at me, and she's like, you know, that's white people's food. Mm. And so I just was like, wow, like I had never because on my block, we had so many different people of different race. And, you know, I didn't understand that black people had a food. Yeah. You know, it wasn't and I wasn't raised on soul food. So I didn't know that it was like, oh, this is what you're supposed to be eating. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like I had to throughout my life, I've always felt like I had to um, shelter my identity, like, and mm. secure my identity based on what I had on my plate. So, um, it's like, okay, you're, you know, you're eating this, this product, which, which tends to be something a, a lot more healthier. And the construct of, of eating healthy and being black should not be, you know, it, it shouldn't be constructed where, I feel like I have to secure my plate and my blackness at the same time. Yep, exactly. You know, I can be who I am and enjoy food and be and be open to still be, you know, be able to be black. And thousand so percent. Like, yeah. And so I felt like, you know, this is this has been some some issues, you know, that have that have gone uh, around in our community for a long time. And now. You know, it's really just about choice and understanding what choices are available for you. And if we don't see those choices and they're not being built in our communities, then the choice is that you you have to be this to be black or you have to be this to be Latin or you have to be this to be you know, accepted. And it's and anything outside of that means you're not black enough. You're not Latin enough. You're not whatever enough, which is it's so uncomfortable because everybody like we've been talking about just has different intersections within their identities, whether culturally, how you were raised, you know, what you had access to in your environment, everything is going to impact and shape you and build you. And when somebody tries to tell you, you know, they're um, projecting their own perceptions from their own experiences onto you. And somehow when that doesn't fit, now you, you can't exist in this space. It, it almost makes you question your identity. And the fact that this happened to you in school, that could be really triggering, right? You're just like, who am I in my own existence at such a young age? What does this mean? Am I not supposed to be eating this? And you start to question so many other things, whether, like I said, we're talking about food or, or just anything else. I think it's so so important to understand how food, social justice, all of these different elements tie into our identities and how we can go ahead and bring about that information in a way that uplifts our communities, uplifts people's authentic individual selves rather than trying to mold them and, and have them all fit the same box. Exactly. I mean, uh, you're right on, on target with that because I think, you know, um, statistically, Income and status is supposed to change your trajectory mm. in health. And unfortunately, in the black community, it has not. And I think that it, one of the things that is tied to, um, you know, the culture and inter intersexuality of like um, how we see ourselves in the construct of food mm. and beverage. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if 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 the culture is super tied to eating you know, a certain type of way, which I love soul food. Don't get me wrong. It's amazing. Um, it, it, it's one of the foods that really bring you into like this cozy feeling of, you know, of nurture, of feeling nurtured and, and loved because a lot of, 
a lot of extra love and, 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 and um, seasoning and spices and all those things are going into the food. However, I think that we have to look at it and make some changes in the way that we're receiving and the way that we're eating. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, of course, you know, we have a, we're living in food swamps and most of the black yeah. community lives in food swamps, which is a, a, a overabundance of unhealthy food. Um, and so um, and, and food desert, which is a, 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 a the, the lack of healthy foods in our right. community. And so, um, you know, I think the more that we expose, you know, our children and our community to what we can get back to our plate, because originally, you know, black folks in this country were the farmers, you know, they they were the farm to table. Cultivating Most land. people of cut, color, color have they were the, they're the farm to table people, whether mm-hmm. you're Latin and you're, you know, a farmer, you're bringing farm to table, whether you were, you know, doing farming, you know, before things had changed and land was stolen and we'll get to that another time. <laughs> but, you know, so uh, we were the original farm to table in this country. And so um, we definitely had um, opportunities to be able to create uh, what we what our plates were at that time. And now, um, you know, everything is just, you know, the fast food and all of those different things. And so if we don't see and have more opportunities within our community to taste and try and be in these spaces, mm-hmm. then we just, we won't have, our plates won't change. Um, especially when it's super tied to culture. Absolutely. Culture and and I would also say it's media too. You know what? Who is promoting it? What's promoting it? I almost wonder. You know whose responsibility is it to sort of change the narrative here? Um, you're doing an incredible job at that through all of these different businesses and brands that you've built. But I wonder, you know, when it's not just you, who mm-hmm. else is who else is spearheading those changes? Whose responsibility does that lie on? Is it you know partly education and and in schools and how you teach people about food embedded still in culture, but expand those concepts. Is it influencers and, you know, particularly black influencers and who they choose to partner with, especially, you know, higher, higher up influence people. I think about athletes. I think about entertainers, people who, you know, eyes are on you all the time. Who are you partnering with? How are you going back into communities and trying to uplift them and and sort of change that narrative as well? Yeah. I mean, I think that there's so much money in the fast food and the, you know, the conventional food space where they are able to capture those influencers and athletes and stuff like that to sell their product um, to, you know, mostly uh, black and brown kids who see them and want to, you know, do those, the things that they do. I think that we do need to have some social responsibility. And I'm, I'm such a very small, you know, uh, individual, um, you know, and it, a lot of the way it feels really heavy because, Mm. I'm trying to make change and I'm, I'm basically begging people to like come on board and see that the work that I'm doing to, um, to make a big impact. And, you know, I'm, I'm constantly being, you know, kind of like hitting, hitting a wall because I am small, you know, but I think that my, my ability to, to steer and to, you know, create this, this following of people who are really committed, like yourself um, and some of the partners that we're working with, you know, um, see the need and want to support us in the community. So 100 uh, percent. 
And yeah. I do, I do want to give you more credit than you saying that you're small because I mean, since 2016, the black food and wine experience that you built has supported more than 150 Bay Area businesses. You know, you've impacted over a million dollars in sales, uh, created lots and lots of jobs, and and obviously provided a, an abundance to the city in, in many ways from folks who fly in, hotels, restaurant visits, wine tastings. I mean, you you are definitely doing your part, but you're right. You know, it can't. It's we're not gonna change everything with just one person we all have that social responsibility but I love what you are spearheading and the impact that you're making with even just the the black food and wine experience itself outside of all of the other brands that you've built yeah so this year we are super excited because this is our first year that we've expanded just the black food and wine experience the grand tasting into a four-day um impact event um that represents, you know, a bigger landscape. And mm. so we we have our uh, our first day was kicking off on June 11th, our Asian and Black Solidarity Dinner, because we get a chance to, you know, work with other communities that have been impacted um, and to show some solidarity. So Chef Nelson and Chef Two are going to be serving, you know, seven courses. Um, we've got, you know, our Patron cocktails. Oof. It's going to be like amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I love Chef Nelson. He's so great. Yes, yes. So Chef Two and I, you know, we had, um, they both, you know, were on Top Chef and have been really, mm-hmm. really instrumental in our community. And um, him and I were just talking about, you know, what could we do to make a, a social impact change? And we were already wanting to do something. And so we partnered to do this dinner and to tell the story of of solidarity. Um, so there'll be Pan-African cuisine, you know, created by Chef Nelson and Chef Two's doing, bringing that Vietnamese, you know, spicy flavor. I'm mm. super juiced about that. It's <laughs> so good. Yeah. yeah, so we'll be doing two seatings on uh, June 11th. And then um, we've expanded into another day where we're going to do a Black Wall Street dinner. And that dinner is going to be talking about, you know, the resurrection of, um, black entrepreneurs within the food and beverage space, where we need to be going as a community, what resources we need, what tools we should be using as we go forward into um, past, you know, uh, post uh, pandemic. And and then also, you know, celebrating the, the opening of the event. Um, we're excited to have a representative for the James Beard Foundation come out and, and support us. And the uh, Treasury Wine Estate, um, they're going to be bringing their vault collection out. And, uh, you know, we're going to be celebrating some of the Wachira brands. We'll be doing it right in the Wachira um, wine room. And um, so, so that's, a, yeah, all black space. And and then moving into um, so that oh just to say this I thought this was super dope is that we're using the elements of earth wine and fire to talk about and bring out the stories that we want to tell at the Black Wall Street dinner. That's fantastic. I can't even like to just even think about that concept as a conduit for telling those stories. I'm kind of jealous that I physically can't be there. Well, you're, you're definitely open to come. So I have a space for you if you do want to sit at that table. Oh, thank you uh, so much. <laughs> the, yeah. the industry summit event too, on the 16th, you will for sure be seeing me there. I'm so excited for that one. Yeah. We're super excited for that. This is the first year. So this is our first now. Going back a little bit, you know, we've always had the the grand tasting over the last um, four years coming up on our fifth year. And so mm-hmm. I thought, you know, yeah, I'm super excited. Yay, anniversary. So I wanted to um, to expand because this not only just a celebration of like, 
the the vendors and the consumers and the people that are all going to be there and and just the culture and and having it smack dab in the middle of Juneteenth week mm-hmm. is just is is really um, exciting for us. But to bring this Black Food and Beverage Conference Summit is going to be um, one of my favorite activations um, during this this time because I believe that um, we need to start this conversation. Um, who is going to return post-COVID is going to be extremely important yeah. to our community. Um, having the tools, having the education and the access, and then also just really leaning into the stories of success and um, failure from some of the panel discussions that will come out of it. And then the networking opportunity that's going to happen afterwards is going to really catal- really be a catalyst to where we go and how how we see ourselves in the space. And I think that's a really great point that you bring up, you know, who makes it out of this post pandemic, but also to how can we take these moments? And I think you're doing this in so many different ways. How do we take these moments and help bring others into the equation for them to network, for them to be in the same rooms, in the same spaces, so that together, we're all having a seat at the table, because for far too long, there hasn't been a seat at the table. Some of us, like yourself, decided to build your own damn table, and you're <laughs> just like, I'm going to go ahead and do this thing on my own since all of you over here, you know, seem to be focused on other things. And now, particularly with this event, because we're going to have so many different um, black beverage folks in the beverage industry, folks in the food industry, they're together to network and to meet other partners. I think that in itself is, you know, you talked about how do we move forward within this community? And I think that is one of the ways that we do it as a collective with within our own communities, really supporting one another. Um, So uh, just again, major kudos to you. I'm just so blown away. That experience is going to give me goosebumps from the excitement of just being in that room and seeing what comes from it and and seeing, you know, how that helps impact so many more people just, you know, thinking forward 10, 15, 20 years from now. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it's it's been a labor of love and just a passion. I, I really wanted to to do this because it this hasn't been done before. This is actually one of the first um, Black Food and Beverage summits, especially here on the West Coast. I mean, trailblazer. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. The East Coast, you know, they get a little bit more shine. I mean, they got you know Food Network and they have the Jamesburg Foundation there, so we do get there. There are a lot more opportunities there, but I I really wanted to bring this to the West Coast. You know, being smack dab in between Silicon Valley and you know, and the wine country, um, we need to continue to, I mean, you've got media and you've got wine and you've got food. I mean, what better place it makes to sense. be, it makes sense to, to have these spaces where we can create more opportunity for people like us to tell our story. 1000%. And, and, you know, I'm born and raised in Napa Valley. And, you know, earlier when we talk about all of these different spices that sometimes even get left out of culinary school, cooking school, you know, going there, getting your education, and it's not really a part of the curriculum, and it's not a part of other conversations. I think about wine tasting experiences, and usually when we talk about food and wine pairability, it's it's catered to that very Eurocentric palate, and it's like, well, you know, in my culture, I'm Latina. We love spice, so please, yes. let's bring it. Give me more. So how right. do we start changing even those conversations as people historically have been taught to only believe and perceive that you you can't have this great, luxury, delicious, fine wine with food of my culture, of your culture, of so many people's different cultures and things that they were brought up with in, in their own upbringing. 
Yeah, I mean, those are the those are the barriers that we're we're pushing back on and unlearned experiences that need to mm-hmm. happen because um I love, you know, like when I'm when I'm doing events and stuff like that, like I'll bring some wines in from, you know, all over and be like, hey, this is like a pepper relish that goes with our Cabernet, you know, or I'll do I'll do like foods that really speak to our palates, but elevated in a way where people are like, wow, this is nice. It's an experience that I haven't had from Mm -hmm. the decor to the service, Mm -hmm. the expectation and is always pretty low. Um, and also, too, just for those companies out there that are always, you know, that are looking to hire people in the tech space, we do more, like, hire black and brown people outside of the the holiday, the you know, the Black History Month or Juneteenth or, you know, uh, um, um, Cinco de Mayo or whatever, you know, that people are like, oh, let me grab them to do this <laughs> like it's like, like i'm great all year round 365 baby <laughs> exactly exactly so you know we we want to have those i mean the, the the bottom line is that um there was a report that came out of silicon valley bank and it, and it talked about how you know the faces of wine are changing and if it doesn't change then then you're not going to grow and at the end of the day you know the world is changing fastest growing group are black and brown people who want to enjoy travel and food and wine. And we need to be inclusive of Mm -hmm. where things are going. Mm -hmm. It's not just, you know, older white man who wants to go wine tasting. No, I want to go. You want to go. You know, we're all going. Let's let's get it in. You know, let's let's enjoy. Let's have fun. Let's bring our culinary, our style, our food and our culture to the forefront because people, this is what they want. Yes. You know, this is what they want. And and we've been having a lot of fun doing it, you know, because even people outside of our culture want to enjoy, you know, different cultures and foods. They don't want to just have the same thing either. So. Well, exactly. And these are yeah. all new experiences that are being created that people haven't had in front of them in a while. And so it's like, why would I not want to be a part of something like this? And to your point, you know, it's so great when we can all come together and help create those new different exciting experiences. Uh, I definitely think that's a way that we kind of push back and keep moving forward. And I absolutely 1000% agree. If folks don't change with what the larger majority group of people are saying they want, that they want to be included, they want to be seen, they want to be a part of, then they're missing out because that's the direction where the majority of people are going. And it's no longer in this mindset of I'm going to wait for you to like hand it to me, you know, like, more, please, you know, we're, we're done with all of that. It's like, all right, I've got this on my own. I'm going to go network. I'm going to utilize my skills. I'm going to utilize my knowledge, um, whether that's a formal education, your street smarts, whatever you want to call it. And I'm going to go do it myself. And I I've got a group of people behind me who can make this happen because we're so connected now more than ever, especially in this social media tech space. I mean, people are hungry for something different than what we've seen. And, you know, with not necessarily having any children and people now waiting longer, you have all of this expendable income that you can put towards different life experiences, different luxury wine, food experiences that Mm -hmm. people are craving and they want. Absolutely. And I mean, it, and the more like social media has given us the opportunity to see and to have a choice, like, mm. oh, I can actually travel, you know, someone else is doing it. I can actually, you know, go to this wine space and be and be accepted because someone else is doing it. And mm-hmm. so um, I think the world is opening up and people are seeing that um, 
it's important to have uh, inclusive communities and spaces where, I mean, food and wine is the one thing that brings everybody together. Yeah, you know? it's community if, right if, there at the core. It's community, right? If there's no food, people are like, I can't stay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only you know? coming for the for the free food. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Exactly. Like, I mean, you can bring people to so many different spaces. People, everything that is celebrated in life is celebrated with food and beverage. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just, it, there's no celebration without it. Without no. it. So it's like. And if there um, is, it ain't a fun party. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So we're all about, you know, celebrating that and then also, you know, continuing those conversations where we can open up doors. Um, uh, you know, we did uh, a sort of a walkthrough and we had all of um, the participants come into one space. And just to see all of these amazing entrepreneurs standing in the space, you know, representing like beer and wine and coffee and water and, you know, vegan food and soul food and Caribbean stuff. And Mm. just, you know, just the level, as well as our amazing partners who understand, you know, that the importance, yeah, the importance and are like, we're going to rock with you. Shout outs to the Patron family, just because they've been really, really super supportive and like really, really investing in um, in us and all of our partners, Whole Foods. Um, they've been a really, really great partner or their treasury. They've been a great partner. Um, and so we just, you know, the city visit Oakland, you know, the Black Chamber. Um, we've got a lot of great partners and they're seeing the intersexuality of what needs to happen. Um and why it's important. And so we're just hoping that, you know, we can get bigger um, partners for 2023. Um, you know, we got, we've been working with uh, Alaska Air, they're supporting. And it's amazing. Yeah, so just bring it in, just bring it, I mean, we need as many people as we can. And not only that, just volunteers, mm-hmm. um, you know, other people that are doing stuff like what you're doing. Um, and you're coming in um, to, to to help with the with the big sip, and you know just being on this platform is 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 amazing as well. So, shouts out to you for all the work that you're doing. I was super excited to be on this um, this podcast when Avita mentioned it because I'm like, oh yay, another you know another sister that's like you know doing it. We on this space. mission. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's on this mission and 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 really bringing um some some great things. So I appreciate you. you saying that. No, the honor and, and privilege is truly all mine. I like I tell you, you know, this is how this is how we do the damn thing. This is how we keep it moving forward. This is how we create changes and to even be with uh, someone like you here in community talking with you about all of the incredible work. I mean, it just gives me goosebumps and. Uh, I'm so excited to, to be in that room on the 16th and just take in and absorb all of those beautiful people who are there showcasing themselves, their craft, um, and and showing the world like this is a space for me. I deserve to be here just as much as you do. And it's just it, it's it's a moment that is going to rock the world and continue to rock the world because I mean the energy is there and I know everybody's just ready to bring it. Yeah, and I'm excited too. And I, I just want to I also want our audience to know that you know when you talk about spaces that celebrate black culture, it's definitely inclusive. So we really want everybody to come and feel, um, feel, you know, like you're in a space to support, but also to learn Mm. and, and to, and to gather, you know, I think one of the things about creating spaces, um, you know, for within the black community is that some people feel like, oh, it's just for black people. No, this is really about us celebrating each other. And we want everybody to feel welcome 
um, into this space. And so that's that's really important to me. And then, yeah, absolutely. And that's how you really create inclusivity at the end of the day, right? And I, mm-hmm. I've felt the same ways. Last year I hosted um, in partnership with an organization called Hispanics and Wine, an event called the Latinx Wine Summit. And we featured a lot of Latinos in different parts of the wine industry from marketing and media to vineyard management to being uh, a vineyard steward. So many different aspects because so often we're only seeing as the farm worker and I was like Mm -hmm. we exist in so many other spaces and one of the biggest things we wanted to let people know is yes this is a celebration of our culture and our identity and vocalizing and uplifting how we exist in other spaces but it's also an opportunity for people who don't identify as Latinx to come to learn to absorb to celebrate to be a part of that and know that this space is here for you too and if we all come into it together then we're all going to be able to keep pushing that that dial forward. Beautiful. I should have recorded that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I did record that, so I'll, I'll give you a list of it. Um, you know, I think it's so exciting. I was reading that you were most recently recognized on Forbes, and, and this is how you are just so badass on so many levels. You were just recently recognized on the list of uh, 2021 Forbes Next 1000, which highlights entrepreneurial heroes, kind of redefining what it means to build and run a business today. Uh, how did that feel to be a part of that list? And when you think of about the businesses that you're running, all of your different brands, how do you personally define as building your business as it also relates to this like personal journey and the philosophy you want to evoke within all of your scope of work? Yeah, I was super excited to be a part of that list. Um, I was within the first 250 Ooh. chosen, um, yeah, as a, as, a, as, a, as a business for the next uh for the 2021. And it was just, um, I was excited, you know, and honored um, because Forbes is such a big deal and a, and a huge magazine. And, and they really do take their time and due diligence to like choose who they feel is good. And so I, I, I'm excited about that. I feel like um, when I think about, you know, the, the title, like the next, you know, uh, entrepreneur, um, as I step into building out the business structure and looking at, you know, what really what I really want to do, and that is, you know, create social change and impact mm-hmm. while having fun and enjoying, you know, what we celebrate as food and wine. Um, I was also honored, you know, to be a part of um, 175 Black women um, from around the world to participate in the Goldman and Sack um, business development. And Ooh. so, yeah, so we just Big flew congrats. out. To, yeah, thank you. We flew out to um, to New York um, last month and. Um, we had our orientation and so that's they're helping me build out the business model um what i've learned from myself and just working in these businesses over the last decade is that uh i've been working in the business and and i want to work on the business mm. and what that looks like for me is to have really great partners so that i could hire more staff to build out what i what i know needs to happen within my business landscape and so um, being able to be a CEO and not just a founder, um, as a founder and entrepreneur, you know, you're constantly on the grind, you're constantly moving and you're constantly working in your business. But to be a CEO and to step outside of it and to really look at what is it that is going to be the most impactful, um, it has given me an opportunity to, to take a step back, but also keep in 
um, keep in mind what my mission is. So with my catering business, I have partnered with other caterers that um, that really showcase the same type of integrity that I do. Mm -hmm. And so with that with that partnership, what that allows me to do is allows me to um, to work with other caterers, bring more money to their businesses, but also keep my business alive and keep the 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 mission of my business within the landscape of their business. So we partner because I am spread thin, you know, as I have these. There's only one three, of you. <laughs> yeah, it's only one of me as I have these three different initiatives. Um, just going back a little bit over the pandemic, you know, everything was shut down. And so it really gave me an opportunity to think about my business and what I wanted to do. Um, I pivoted my business to do virtual. So we were doing tons of virtual cooking classes with all the tech companies that we had already been partnering with. And super and popular during the pandemic too. And even yeah. now still. Yeah. So that's what kind of kept me alive. And then it also gave me an opportunity to work um, abroad because I'm, you know, I'm basically in my own space and I can tap into New York and DC and all over the world. So that was a really great opportunity. And so um, as we're kind of like heading into like more in person, I've been looking at, you know, the business model of sharing the wealth with mm. other caterers. And so since I have a lot of different caterers that I can work with, I will outsource, you know, some of my business to them. And that does keep a really great ecosystem going for mm. us. It keeps them going. It keeps me going. Um, and so that's how I've been working with my catering um, company. And then the other part for the, the the content, you know, with bringing it to table, we shot the show, but we, we will not be able to go back into production unless we actually get a full um, production budget just because it, you know, I really put a lot of energy, money and in, in support in, into building it out, but it really wasn't a sustainable model to continue to pour into it unless I get um, funding. So if anybody's out there, that's, uh, <laughs> I was going to say, you hear that we're, yeah. lo we're looking for investors. Yeah. So we're looking for <laughs> investors to, you know, uh, to, I, I know that, um, you know, the, the, the construct of food and media, you know, you can really take things into your own hands now and do your own thing. And so we, we're, we're excited about that, but we really do need funding for that to keep it going. And so moving the, the, the idea of the black food and wine experience actually came out of the bringing it to the table show because we weren't able to get it picked up. I said, well, why don't I just do an event that actually has those same elements of support and um, bring it into something that I can control. So we started with a hundred people in industrial kitchen in Reville. And then we, from there, we just grew every year, more and more and more people. And so I said, oh, this is a model that I think I want to continue to explore because I can do this as, as a business. Yeah. Um, very sustainable too, because you'll, you constantly will have an influx of people who are in these spaces up and coming that you can welcome and, you know, companies now, especially paying attention to who's in these spaces and how can they support us in return. Exactly. And then moving right along with the, uh, beverage, you know, a lot of the, the wine and um, spirit businesses, um, they are looking to, you know, similar like to the tech companies there, they have their, they're forming their DEIs, they're, they're looking at, you know, what they should be doing to support the community. And so I'd be riding right along with them and creating opportunities for them to be able to, you know, have something here on the West Coast that supports our community as well. So that's fantastic. I'm just, I, 
I can't wait to celebrate with you on the 16th. Uh, I know that there's still plenty of time for folks to, to get some tickets. Is the best place for them to purchase any part of these experiences and help support you and stay connected just straight through your chefmimi.com website? Yeah. So you can go to the chefmimi.com and, and, and grab those tickets. You know, perhaps we can do a little, uh, little discount for all you listeners um so that are okay. that are yeah we could do something called the big sip and so if you if you go in i'll get i'll create a code um with 25 dollars off for anyone who uh who logs in and from this from this podcast that wants to attend um our activation that would be great oh my gosh thank you so much you're so sweet <laughs> that's gonna be fantastic so you hear that y'all better go get tickets <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but Chef Mimi, it has been such a pleasure. But before we sign off here, and and you know, I really don't want to leave, but I know you have so many things to do. I do want to also just ask, you know, when you think about this whole journey that's led you to where you are, where you want to go. I love that you said you want to work on your business instead of you know remaining within your business. Um, which, by the way, you have me in your back pocket for anything that you need. I'm gonna throw that out there. Uh, you just go ahead and you let Yay. me know. Um, <laughs> what kind of advice have you received? or would you even want to give your younger self from just all of these different life experiences that you feel would be helpful or that was impactful for you along this journey? The thing that I tell myself every day is to not give up. Mm. I mean, it, it can be really grueling as an entrepreneur. It could be lonely. It could feel like, you know, like, why am I doing this? You can, you know, you constantly question yourself, but don't give up and to continue to, um, strategize, create strategies, and to use tools that can help you navigate systems easier. Um, I think that, you know, as a, as a small entrepreneur, it, you definitely have more um, things in your pocket, you know, uh, in terms of um, apps that you can use, um, technology and things like that. And so um, partnerships, you know, creating your partners, networking, um, just stay on course because you'll never know who you meet, you know, like I met you, you're coming in and supporting, we can support each other. Um, there's always people out there that want to support you, you just have to find them. Um, as well as, you know, um, self care, because that's the other part, you know, <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah. you know, you, you, you got to make sure to take that break. Otherwise, the, the wheels gonna fall off. Exactly. So self care, find your self care regimen. And, you know, Pull in and pull out and, and take care of yourself while you're doing it. I love that. One, and I wanted to say this. One of the um, uh, French instructors when I was in school, he told me, he said, make sure you take care of your feet. That was, a, <laughs> you know, make sure you can, because as a chef, you know, you're moving around, you're standing and whatever you're doing, take care of your feet. So I really took that to heart. So I love getting foot massages. I was going to say, what do you do to take care of your feet? <laughs> yeah, standing, you know, just making sure you had the proper shoes and. You know, when you're when you're working, make sure you, you're, you know, you're getting your rest time on your feet and that kind of thing. And that that will help you longevity you know, with the longevity of, of your career. Absolutely right. Yeah, we all love those discounted shoes. But hey, invest in a good pair. 
Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for, for the discount code. Y'all heard it right there to get your tickets for this incredible week long experiences that are leading up to a celebration of Juneteenth celebration of black culture, black excellence. I'm so excited. You can stay connected and purchase those tickets by visiting www.chefmimi.com. Make sure you're heading to that website. And if you are in a position to be able to support in so many other ways, funding, outreach, whatever that looks like, make sure you are reaching out to Chef Mimi. Um, I believe on your website, you'll have a, a contact inquiry page where people can get connected with you, right? Yes. Absolutely. All right. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, Chef Mimi, it is such a pleasure here speaking with you. I can't wait to see you on the 16th and meet you in person. And just a big congratulations on all of the things that you've achieved. And, and I just can't wait to see what comes next. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you Enjoy so much. Day. Thank you. Take care. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. Big sip.